Adrian, I believe that little click means that you're online all the way from Boston. Yes, hello. Welcome to the inaugural bi-coastal experience of the Poem the Parsha podcast. It is a thrill for me, and I hope for everyone listening in to Absolutely. our Poem the Podcast, the Poem the Parsha the podcast, and now, like you said, we're bi-coastal. Adrian, how's the move going? All is well. Excellent. Excellent. All is well. If there's an echo, it's because my office is still empty, um, but that will change very soon. I love the words, my office. Next week, we will do Virginia Woolf, A Room of My Own. As we shall. All right. Friends. As we shall. But this week, let's talk about this week. Let's talk, it is Parsha Fayyigash. We are in the thick. Literally, this Parsha opens mid-scene. And it is a, a thrilling moment and absolutely one of the most um, evocative scenes, full of pathos, I think, in the whole Torah. I agree. I agree. This is a centering of the emotional experience that we don't normally see in a Parsha. And that is, that is meaningful. That the existence of it alone is just meaningful in that we are confronted with the human heart in a way that we typically, or not typically, um, I think all of Torah can be, can be a lens on the human heart. But I think this sort of centers the experience maybe more so than others. It's a, Other. raw, it, it's a raw moment. and It is, yes. And what's very telling about this moment is I think we can all identify with it. I don't know that many of us have been estranged for, you know, 20-something years. However, we know the power of being reunited with a loved one, especially since yes. we live in Boston or Seattle and family lives across the globe. Yes, <laughs> yes. It is... Um... Well, and also, like, there's, there's that experience of being separate for a long time, being separate by, by time and space. But I think there was also uh, an experience of just missing someone, even if they haven't been gone for a long time, and then getting to experience them again, in real, in the real, in person. That's, that's a whole thing also. And but you know what? what? Were... Yes, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but even more intensely... I might be a globe away from my sister, but we text and we talk. So we should not be so arrogant because being separated from loved ones in this day and age is really so vastly different than being separated from loved ones even 40 years ago, even 50 years ago, and certainly- A hundred percent. A thousand years ago. And you know, one of the- one of the interesting things that playwrights and movie writers and screenwriters have to deal with right now is that we have this mechanism of the phone, the cell phone, and that takes away some of the dramatic foils that is so present in other movies and books. And they have to figure out how do you deal with it? Because all of the long distances are really transcended by our technology. It's, it's true. It's true. You have to... The plot device of losing the communication is now, like, that's now a living thing in a way that it wasn't before. Like, there was a time not so terribly long ago where if your loved one went away, the odds of you not seeing them again was were significant. And right. now, I, like, you know, my family's all over the country and all over the world, and I can text somebody in, and get a response in 10 minutes. Right. But just in the short span of time from my parents' lifetime to my lifetime... Oh, my, yeah. I mean, my mother and father left 
the former Soviet Union, and there were cousins and uncles and aunts to a certain degree and distant ones for sure that they never saw again. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we should be aware of that and be cognizant of what we're talking about here in ancient times and specifically sure. in this time where Yaakov and his and the sons, there is this huge separation from Yosef. And there is this reu- this reunion, this reunion moment. And what we notice is that even before Yosef reveals himself, he's he's falling apart, he's crying. In these yes. in these tears, these cries, all of Egypt heard it, Beit Paro. And indeed, the house of Pharaoh. We can talk about why that first and that, that another time, but let's talk about crying. Let's talk about crying. Crying is crying is, is us at a, at our at our at our barest human, I feel like. That that it you know, crying is not language, crying is not um, crying is not crying is deeply unsophisticated. And especially the kind of tears that Yosef cries, they're such deep, sorrowful tears that when we looked for a poem this week, we found a poem specifically about tears, Had Death Not Had Me in Tears by Kofi Awonor. Um, Dr. Awonor was a was an ambassador, a, he's Ghanaian, um, an ambassador from Ghana to the US and I believe the UK, um, a doctor of comparative literature, a writer, a a lecturer, um, and what specifically spoke to me as I was as I was looking for this information and, and absorbing it was that um, Dr. Eleanor's grandmother was a dirge singer for her people. They were Awing people of Ghana, um, and she was one of the people who came to funerals to sing dirges to the deceased and their loved ones. And um, that he has spoken pretty pretty deeply about how that informed his experience of poetry and, and of writing. And I, this, this particular poem had death not had me in tears. Um, I think we can think about the, the physical experience of crying and the larger experience of, well, experiences of loss and of sort of that, 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 feeling of being overwrought with emotion when like all the systems have shut down right and all you are is a walking amygdala so this poem speaks to that yes and the word that keeps coming to my mind is vulnerable and yes thank you I was looking for that (laughs) you're welcome um I'm really thinking about what does it feel to be vulnerable because tears are unguarded and it's a very vulnerable moment um when we think about tears and we think about the Torah, I found it to be extraordinarily like um, eye-opening reading Rabbi Hanoch Waxman, who writes about how Yosef is the character in the Torah who cries more than anyone else. There are repeated episodes of Yosef crying. So we're going to be talking about crying, friends, and about tears. And um, should we go with the poem first? Let's go with the poem first. Okay. Okay. Um... Because I, I, so I also will say I had the privilege of learning with um, Hanoch Waxman at Drisha years and years and years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not Such know a privilege. Such a not- privilege. So I'm especially, you know, Ruby curated this without me here in Boston. So I'm especially thrilled to see 
his writing on this, but here is the poem, Had Death Not Had Me in Tears. This is slightly longer than the poems we typically curate, but I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to own it. Do it. Um, with respect, of course, to Dr. Awanor. Had death not had me in tears. Had death not had me in tears, I would have seen the barges on life's stream sail. I would have heard sorrow songs in groves where the road was lost long, where men footprints mix with other men footprints. By the road I wait, death is better, death is better, came the song. I am by the roadside looking for the road. Death is better, death is much better. Had death not had me in tears, I would have seen the barges. I would have found the road and heard the sorrow songs. The land wreaths in rhythm with your soul caressed by history and cruel geography. Landscape ineffable yet screaming, eloquent, resonant like the drums of after harvests. We pile rocks on terracing love, carrying the pithy cloth to cover the hearths of our mother. Come now, you lucky ones, come to the festival of corn and lamb, to the finest feast of this land. Come now, your lovers have unfurled, the, unfurled their cloths, their thighs glistening like golden knives, ready for the plunging, for the plentiful loving time. To whom shall I turn? To what shall I tell my woes? My kinsmen, the desert tree denied us sustenance long before the drought. To whom shall I turn? To whom shall I tell my woes? Some say, tell the mother goat, she too is my kinswoman, elemental sister of your clan, but I cannot tell the mother goat, for she is not here. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Okay, I'm going to ask you, that, I'm going to yes. ask you the question about what story does it tell you, but I have to tell you that this poem hit me on a visceral level when mm -hmm. you, when you said, some say, tell the mother goat, she too is my kinswoman elemental sister of your clan, but I cannot tell the mother goat for she is not here. That so reminds me of so many of the Yosef Rachel narratives and how it echoes. Kiha, you know, he's Inenu, the boy is gone. And then how Rachel cries for her son, but for her children. Okay, you you tell us the story of this poem. So I, uh, this, I, I think we have a couple of things happening here. We have a speaker who is who is who's overwrought like they are sobbing they are they're crying so hard they can't see what's happening around them i would have seen the barges on life stream sail i am by the roadside looking for the road had death not had me in tears i would have seen the barges i would have found the road i would have heard the sorrow songs so we've got they're so overwrought that it's like they don't even know where they are and then we've got this sort of this this sort of geopolitical commentary, right? The land wreaths in rhythm with your soul caressed by history and cruel geography. Landscape ineffable yet screaming eloquent resonant like the drums of after harvest. So we've got a time and we've got a place. We've got a place where it sounds like there's been some kind of conflict, some kind of, of a territorial jockeying that sounded violent, frankly. And then we pile rocks on terracing love. All I think is people building cairns on graves. Carry the pithy cloth to cover the hearts of our mothers. Why are they covering the hearts? Why are they covering their mother's hearts? To me, that indicates that that, that, that maternal person has passed, has been perhaps passed in a violent way. Come now, you lucky ones. There's a big space here between this to cover the hearts of our mother. So we've got... 
right? And then it's like, there's this break and there's a space. It's the second long stanza. Come now, you lucky ones. Come to the festival of corn and lamb, to the finest feast of this land. Come now, your lovers have unfurled their cloths. So okay. wait a minute. Okay, so first of all- Let's back up. Let's back up. I appreciate the political flavor of this, the geopolitical sure. flavor, because it looks like our poet- Dr. Kofi Awunar Nor was the permanent UN uh, representative from Ghana, mm-hmm. um, and the geopolitics of Ghana and Africa are not simple. Am no, I, am I right or am I wrong in saying that the Barbara Kingsolver poem, a book, um, was taking place in Ghana or was it in the Congo? It was the Congo. No, it was in the, it was the D. It was Congo. Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. And let's remember. Which then was Zaire for a while, but that's now a dead name. Okay. So so I'm sounding like an ignorant human being. No, not at all. But I mean, like this is, this is sort of the, the, this this is, I think a lot of the literature of Africa is the literature of colonialism. And so I, I don't think it is, a wrong impulse to sort of reach for this narrative because this is where it comes to us. So he's is Ghana. I'm going to remind everyone is in Western Africa. It's the Ivory coast. Um, Yes. It's one of those countries in the sort of curvy part and it's by Togo and Benin. And um, uh, I believe to the North is uh, Burkina Faso. Yeah, but let, let's um, talk about this story. It's really, really powerful. And, and yes. so, you know, what's interesting is when you're crying, you do. It, it's interesting when he says what he can see and what he can't see, because it's hard to see when you're really crying. You know, yes, it is. I know I'm saying something very obvious, but the tears do get cloud your eyes. Had death not had me in tears, I would have seen the barges on life's stream sale what an opening line and i want to remind everyone that yosef cries like we said number of times the last time or not the the one of the last times that he cries is when his father passes away and that is with death and the very last time that he cries is actually when the when the brothers attempt to say hey by the way dad said you should be nice to us um and he cries then and so tears do come from a from a number of different places the mm-hmm. um and so the tears let's try to talk about the tears in the poem and the tears in this week's Parsha. You read my mind. Um, I think I think we have tears of loss. I think we have tears of reunion because in the poem we've got this, come now you lucky ones, come to the festival of corn and lamb. Harvest festivals often serve as sort of reunion points for people who've been separated over the growing season. And then we've got um, and underneath it, though, we've got this like this like undercurrent of sorrow. Um, come now, your lovers have unfurled their cloths. Like clearly, there's a romantic experience happening, and then it, there's this turn for the plentiful loving time. Turn to whom shall I turn? To what shall I tell my woes? Oh, that I can hear Yosef even saying that. Exactly. You know, to exactly. whom shall I turn? And that's exactly what he keeps doing. By the way, in the previous episodes, every time he has to turn away from his brothers in order to cry. 
And, yes. and here he begins to cry and they see him. Let's look at this carefully. It is, mm-hmm. you know, Perak Memhe, and it is fine. He says, get everyone out. It's a very interesting Pasuk, friends. I urge you all to look it up. It's the first Perak, first Pasuk in Perak Mem Hey. And what's interesting is I want to remind everyone that the Jews did not make the chapters. And the chapter <laughs> the, true. the chapter breaks here do not seem to, to work, but he says, it's the first in the chapter, he couldn't hold himself back. No one was with him. So this is actually functions, I think, as an introductory pasuk, telling everybody this big scene's about to happen. Yosef couldn't hold himself back and he had told everyone to leave. And then he begins to cry. Then again, an introductory or kind of background, Egypt is hearing, House of Pharaoh is hearing, and then Yosef talks. And then he talks. And so um, the brothers are finally seeing his tears. Oh, oof. It is hard to be seen when we're crying. You know, there's, in a lighter note, you know, there's some pretty criers and some not so pretty criers. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, And I wonder then about this, back in the poem, we have this moment, we've got my, um, to whom shall I turn? To what shall I tell my woes? Which seems to be smack in the middle of the second long stanza. And then the next line is my kinsman, the desert tree denied us sustenance long before the drought. Uh, And we, the drought. Like, let's just, we can talk about the drought and we can talk about the desert tree, but I'm really interested in this, my kinsman. Well, here is the speaker, like, like Yosef and his brothers. Yes. Yes. Like it, like Yosef and his brothers, he is looking for a place for his, for his feelings. He's looking to, to be able for a place where it is safe to express his feelings. And then there's this weird turn, my kinsman. The desert tree denied us sustenance long before the drought. What, like, what on every level with those two short lines? Well, I think, first of all, I love the word in the Pasuk, Lihita Peik. He could not contain himself anymore. And, yes. And what's interesting here in this poem is, you know, there's droughts. And believe me, sure. very relevant to the Joseph story, the droughts, the famines. But yeah. the desert tree denied us sustenance long before the drought, meaning there's years already that we are going without and mm-hmm. very evocative of what's going on because this is sub equator. That makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it's sub equator. It's hot and there's droughts and there's famines and, um, and some, and who do you going to go talk to tell your woes? Can you imagine being Yosef? Did he tell anyone about his woes? Did he tell his new mother, his new wife about his woes? Did he tell his children about his woes? No, I don't think he ever told them who he really no. was because those secrets get out. So he had not. Yeah. And then, it, then Pharaoh and the household heard. And so I, I always wonder about that. Me and too. I did not confession. 
Are you ready? I never saw Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat. And oh my gosh. Like I've said in the past podcasts, I will one day, God willing, Belie Nedar, because we're doing the Darin. Please, friends, say Belie Nedar without a vow. Um, I, <laughs> I have to read Thomas Mann's books because I'm just curious. Has someone thought about, written about, read, the, wrote the Midrash about how is Yosef comporting himself for these years within the confines of his private home with his wife, with his children? Does he let on that he's a Hebrew? Does he let on that he has another lost family? Does he let on that he is heartbroken? Does he let on that he longs for his father? And then all of a sudden, is it all pouring out right now? Some say, tell the mother, go. She too is my kinswoman. I love that, you know, elemental sister of your clan, but I cannot tell the mother goat for she is not here. That line just breaks my heart, just breaks my heart. And, and not only that, but if I open my window, I will hear the goats. You will. That's right. You know, some of um, us still live in Seattle and have neighbors who have goats. Some of us do. <laughs> some of us are here in Boston looking at the golden winter light on the trees. Oh, um, beautiful. And so I, I am really interested in this goat and why she, this mother goat and why she's not there. Why is the mother goat not there? I think we're speaking of abandonment. You know, like when people abandon yes. us and move to Boston. Joking. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Can someone get me a salve? I need one for that burn. <laughs> um, all right, Adrian, we're at 21 minutes and I'm we gonna are. work hard to save this podcast po and post it so everyone can listen to it. And I feel like we've gotten our bi-coastal podcast off to a wonderful start. We have, and I would encourage our readers to um, enjoy this week, Parsha, and to find the poem, if it had death not had me in tears by Dr. Eleanor, because this I, is, I'm so excited. Let it, let it, you know, I love when we do the classics and I love when we do a poem that maybe we wouldn't have read or known otherwise. So friends, take a hundred percent. All right. Take a look. Shabbat Enjoy. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.